humility for me is trusting this is hard folks but trusting that god is working on you in the same way that he's working on me that he's doing a sanctifying work in your life just like he's doing in my life 20 years ago i dressed differently than i do now i'll be honest with you yes my body has changed but my decisions to dress differently is about a lot more than just my changing and aging body even thinking about going to church on sunday so just you know last week i had a hard time finding something my husband was preaching i knew he was going to use me in an illustration so i figured someone might be looking at me and that caused me to change clothes a couple times but by the third outfit i had to look at myself in the mirror and say heather are you going to church to worship god or are you going to church to see if people will worship you now let me clarify i don't really expect anyone to bow down to me but isn't it truly worship that I crave when I want you to look at me and say, wow, she looks good. And my desire for that kind of response from others is not humility, that's pride. And to be honest, it may be more of a problem in our churches than women wearing things that are revealing. Welcome to Compared to Who, the podcast to help you stop comparing and start living. I'm your host, Heather Creekmore. I hate to admit this, but I used to secretly obsess over my appearance. I thought it was part of my job as a woman to always look better, but never felt like I could be good enough. Maybe you can relate. God, in His grace, showed me a way out, and I want to give you all the tools you need to break free too. If you've ever spent too much time stressing over your looks, I get it. I hope you'll keep listening and find the same freedom I have. Here are three other things you should know about me. I'm a minivan driving mom of four. I'm author of the book Compared to Who and the Burden of Better. I'm a blogger at comparedtowho.me and you just may have seen my epic big fail on Netflix. If you've ever struggled with comparison or body image issues, Compared to Who is the show for you. I hope you enjoy today's episode and hey, tell a friend about it. Hey friends, welcome to Compared to Who the Podcast. So today, my friends, we are going to tackle a very difficult topic, a topic that I have not really wanted to tackle. <laughs> I mean, let me let me rephrase that. I've wanted to tackle it, but been afraid to tackle it. And so unlike a lot of other shows where I don't use notes today, I may be relying on my notes a little bit more carefully than normal because I want to get this right. So today we're talking about the topic of modesty. And some of you already are just like, I'm out. I have been raised in the church. I know about modesty. It sounds a lot like body shaming a lot of the time, and I am not interested in hearing any more of that. In fact, some of you would probably rather not talk about modesty at all ever. Maybe you're wondering, maybe you weren't raised in the church and maybe you're like, is that word even in the Bible? Is that something that religious people just came up with to make sure that girls wear a long enough skirt? Uh, and then I have another crowd. Some of you lovely folks are like, yay, she's talking about modesty, which is good because these young people need to learn how to buy shirts that cover their bellies. 
and start dressing appropriately, okay? So I don't know which camp you are in. Maybe you don't fall into any of those categories, or maybe you are totally unencumbered by modesty baggage, okay? But let me tell you, friends, I think we've gotten a lot wrong on this modesty issue. And I'm just gonna ask you to put your seatbelt on as we go to what may be some hard places today. And when I say hard, I don't mean that I think they'll be hard on your closet or your wardrobe. I mean that the conversation we have today may cause you to stop and think about modesty in a whole different way. Even if you don't own any crop tops or bikinis or mini skirts, right? Whatever you think of when you think of modesty. I'm gonna hit you with a ton of scripture today and we're gonna talk about what modesty really means in the Bible, okay? So you ready? So I just wanna start off by telling you where I'm coming from, okay? And where I'm coming from is not necessarily where I'm at today, but I just want you to know my background on this topic. So I grew up in a Christian home, went to church. I even went to Christian school starting in seventh grade. And there were always rules about how we should dress. There were dress code rules, okay? There were rules about how long my skirts had to be, how long shorts had to be if I wore shorts to youth group, right? You couldn't wear pants that were too tight. Um, skirts that were too short. And if you did, if you showed up at my Christian high school with something inappropriate on, you were forced to wear your gym uniform for the rest of the day. Now, the gym uniform was these red polyester shorts. These things, I still have nightmares about these shorts, okay? These red polyester shorts were awful, okay? Now, I'm a little confused as to how polyester shorts could be more modest than, say, jeans that are too tight, but that aside, I was very concerned about keeping the rules because there was no way I was going to wear this polyester gym shorts all day. Now, ironically, my children, we homeschool, but they're getting ready to go to a new school program next year. And this school program has a pretty strict dress code as well. And I had to laugh when I read it because most of it makes perfect sense, right? We shouldn't dress to be a distraction. Like I have no problem with these rules. But just to give you a sense of how fashion has changed, one of the most important rules at this new program is if you have holes in your jeans that are too large and that are higher than, I think it was an inch above your knee, then they will use duct tape to cover the holes in your jeans while you're in class. And that just made me laugh, my friends. But I will tell you for certain that my daughter is thinking very carefully about her jean choices and she will not do anything <laughs> to even come close to jeopardizing uh, that rule lest she have to wear duct tape all day. But what is modesty? Is modesty really about clothing rules? Is modesty really about where the holes are in your jeans? Is modesty really about how much skin you're showing? Is that what modesty really is? And I feel like for most of my life, that's what I believed that word meant. Modesty was a wardrobe issue. But over the past few years, I've become increasingly convinced that modesty is actually more an issue of the heart. Now, there's a couple ways to think about modesty. The word itself actually is more related to the word moderate, right? Mod, modesty, moderate. It's about being unassuming, about being humble, about being tempered, and it's about the avoidance of impropriety or indecency according to some of the definitions. But I think a helpful way to think about modesty is it's about a heart 
that doesn't want to show off or flaunt what it has. Now, I'll be honest, this concept of not flaunting what you've got has been hotly debated in Christian circles, not with these terms necessarily, but I've read Christian authors who've encouraged women, like, if you've got it, flaunt it, while others would say, if you've got it, hide it, right? And I don't think either one of them is correct, (laughs) right? Again, I'm not sure that there's a clear standard of what constitutes flaunting it or hiding it. But what perhaps I think is even more shocking is that I really believe that I could be immodest wearing what a nun wears, a nun's habit, while another woman could be modest wearing something like a swimsuit. So how does that work? I mean, that sounds really strange. Well, today I want to discuss the four H's of modesty. And I think this is going to give us a framework for tackling this issue in what I hope is a grace-filled productive and helpful way. Again, I don't want to shame anyone with this modesty issue, but I want to be true to scripture and God's instruction to us. And I don't want to sugarcoat this in a way where we miss a truth that God has for us and all this. Okay. So the first stage, we already started talking about just a little bit, but the first stage is humility. Now there are more than 40 verses in the Bible that talk about being humble. I'm just going to rattle through a few. First, Peter tells us to clothe ourselves with humility. Uh, we know that if we humble ourselves before the Lord, he will exalt us. Humility comes before honor. Proverbs tells us that a couple times, and we are to do justice love kindness and walk humbly with our God in the famous verse, Micah 6, 8. Psalms 18, 27 says, for you save a humble people, but the haughty eyes you bring down. So when it comes to the modesty issue, we've been told that humility looks like wearing oversized clothing or making sure that your skin is covered as much as possible. But I wonder if it isn't really something even more or even different than that. So let's go to the famous modesty passage, right? You knew this was coming. First Peter 3, 3 and 4. And this is the, the passage of scripture that everyone goes to when they talk about how women should dress modest, modestly. But it's interesting if you read First Peter 3, 3 and 4, because it's not really about skirt length. Peter's not talking to the church, these women, about how much cleavage they're showing, right? Let me read this passage for you. It goes like this. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. So recently I read a book. And it really dissected this passage contextually. And I was shocked by what it said. Okay, this book is about 15 years old. It's called Why Beauty Matters. And in it, the authors, Karen Lee Thorpe and Cynthia Hicks, they do a little exegesis on this passage. And you guys, I found it so insightful. So Peter was writing to the early church and addressing an issue that was not at all about how these women dress. These women were not coming to church in clothing that would be inappropriate for church in the way we think of inappropriate or immodest clothing. This was an issue really about the financial and social divide that was happening throughout the Roman world. 
Peter didn't want church to be a place where that was obvious. And so what was happening was women who wore fine clothes and gold jewelry to church were showing off their wealth. They were basically encouraging this divide, letting everyone know that they were wealthy. They were married to a wealthy man or they were the daughter of a wealthy man. And what would happen was in the same church, we had women who were slaves or servants or from a different financial class. And so the women that showed up showing off flaunting their wealth were being immodest in Peter's opinion. They were trying to draw attention and create um, a really an inappropriate dichotomy for where value comes from within the church, right? Peter's saying, no, in this arena, you are not more valuable because you have more money because you dress better. In this arena, we are all equal. And these outward adornments, these physical ways that we try to prove our wealth, those are not appropriate here. Peter didn't want there to be any division in the church. He wanted women to lay aside all of the trappings of the world, all of the world's ways of measuring success, status, and value. And he wanted these women, he encourages these women to take on a spirit of humility and unity in doing that. Now, what's interesting is today, modern day, our churches look a little different than the early church. In fact, unfortunately, most of the people in our churches are from similar socioeconomic backgrounds. There aren't very many churches where you have this kind of diversity. And the authors of the book believe that Peter would be really upset about that if he saw our churches now. But frankly, friends, that's not a problem I can solve in this podcast. So we're going to leave that alone for now and just bring it back to what we're talking about here in real life. So is this verse really about how we dress? Or is this verse really about something a little different than that? What if this verse is about carrying a Gucci bag or a Louis Vuitton or wearing designer clothing? What if what we're missing to this whole modesty issue is this aspect of trying to truly achieve humility? Now, listen, I'm a cold shopper. More of my clothing comes from Costco and Target than from any designer store, okay? But I remember being about 14, maybe 15 years old, and Benetton was big. I don't know how many of you knew Benetton, okay? But Benetton was like an it clothing store. And I had a friend whose parents were a little bit well off, and so she did all of her shopping at Benetton. I could not afford to buy clothes at Benetton, but I remember I got some birthday money and I knew exactly what I was going to do. I was going to Benetton and I was going to buy something there. And let me tell you, when I shopped at Benetton for the first time, I did not look for an article of clothing that was nice and understated or fit me well unless it had the word Benetton on it. See, friends, if I was going to buy something at Benetton, it was going to have Benetton like all over it. So everyone would know I was wearing Benetton. I mean, why would you pay $50 for a t-shirt unless people know how special of a t-shirt it is, right? Now, let me be clear. I don't think that this interpretation 
like exempts us from applying humility to our wardrobe choices that aren't name brand. Okay. So I'm not saying like, this is only a problem for you. If you wear name brands and, you know, wear shirts that have like Adidas on it, nothing like that. That's not what I'm saying. Right. But I do think that this is a heart issue. And if I go back to the 14 year old me, the 14 year old me's heart was to make sure everyone knew I was wearing that expensive t-shirt or sweatshirt, whatever it was. Right. And so I have friends that are are just well off and they would never think about buying clothing at Target or Costco. Right. They just naturally shop at different places than I do. That's just where they're comfortable. And I don't think that there's anything inherently sinful in that. Right. They're not trying to show off. Right. That's just what they've learned. It's where they've grown accustomed to shopping. But I would say the heart issue here is if we are wearing things to draw attention to our status, to draw attention to our wealth, to draw attention to ourselves, right? There might not be any labels involved there. It might just be, mm, I know this fits me good and everyone's going to be looking, right? I think that is the opposite of humility. I think that may be pride. And we can become boastful in our wardrobe choices when we wear flashy clothing to show you how rich i am but it may also be boastful if i try to wear really tight fitting clothing to show you how thin i am or wear low-cut clothing to show you how busty i am there are different ways that we can be prideful or boastful in the way we dress but i really believe friends it's even deeper than that Okay. I think what Peter is trying to communicate is that it's not just about how short your shorts are or how short your skirt is or how low your shirt is, right? I think it's about what's going on in your heart. So there's one other verse that I want us to look at today. And this is another verse that we rely on when we talk about women dressing modestly. So let's just look at it for a second. It's first Timothy two, nine and 10. And it goes like this. Likewise, also that women should adorn themselves in respect respectable apparel with modesty and get this self-control, not with braided hair and gold or pearls and costly attire, but with what is proper for women who profess godliness with good works. Okay. Again, the moral of the story here is not that it's sinful to wear a French braid to church. Okay. But culturally at that time, if you had braided hair, you probably had money to afford to pay someone to do your hair in a beautiful style that would match your expensive clothing and your gold or your pearl jewelry. And what Paul in this case is saying here is that godliness, your good works is demonstrated when we can use self-control in determining how we dress. Now, self-control, hmm, that's a strange one, right? I did an interview the other day on body image and I was really worried because the host started to talk about self-control from the very beginning. And I started to think, oh, did they ask me to come on and talk about self-control and not body image? Because really what I thought their angle was going to be was that we need more self-control about food. And internally, I kind of panicked because that's not really what I talk about. I think our issues with food are so much deeper and broader than self-control. And I felt like, oh no, they're going to put me in this position to talk about something shaming. Anyway, that's not where the interview went. But but I want you to hear me today. When I talk about self-control as it pertains to our wardrobe choices, I am not trying to shame you or anyone else. 
my goal is to ask questions to help you process this with the Lord, right? The enemy condemns and shames, but the Holy Spirit convicts us. And so I just want to ask you some helpful questions today. And if the Holy Spirit convicts you, great. If not, that's great too. Okay. So how do we practice self-control when it comes to choosing our clothing? Does the concept of self-control make you think differently about the clothing you would buy or the choices you make when you're getting dressed to go out to dinner or to go to church even? The real question here is, what is your heart's motivation behind what you're choosing to wear? Tired of comparing yourself to others? It's time to break free, my friend. Check out comparedtohu.me online and you'll find a ton of great resources, blog posts, videos, and so much more to help you stop comparing and start living. And make sure you sign up for my exclusive email list while you're there. I send my email friends things I don't send anyone else. You can also find out more about my brand new book, The Burden of Better, How a Comparison-Free Life Leads to Joy, Peace, and Rest. If you're tired of battling comparison, friend, I wrote this book just for you. Check it out right after this episode, of course. And that leads me to the second H. The second H is, is your heart's motivation to this H's honor. And the first person I want you to think about honoring is honoring God. So scripture that comes to mind here is 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Now let me repeat that last phrase, glorify God in your body. What does it mean to glorify God in our bodies with our clothing choices? It seems like there's a pretty broad definition here. There's nothing explicit about where the holes in your jeans can be, right? So how do you decide what is glorifying to God in your body? Well, I think this goes right back to humility. When we're getting dressed with humble hearts, we are glorifying God. When we are honoring God in our bodies, we are understanding the truth that our bodies are good. They've been redeemed. They were bought with a price as part of the package deal of us. So they don't have to bring us shame, but neither is there a place for us to make them these instruments of pride. We honor God with our wardrobe choices and we filter every clothing option through the lens of, is wearing this a good way to glorify God with my body? But the commands in Matthew tell us not just to love God, but to love others also. So the next H that we're going to go to, my third H, takes us beyond just thinking about God when we make our wardrobe choices. We have to ask this question, am I honoring others with what I am wearing? So the third H, honoring others. Let me throw out a few verses for you here, just so you get a good scriptural foundation for this. So the first one is Romans 12, 16. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. As I read this verse in the context of clothing choices, I wonder if we're to associate and love equally those who make choices in their clothing that are different than ours. Whether it's the woman we assess as not dressing appropriately for church, or the woman we think doesn't wear nice enough clothing, or the woman we think is too showy with the name brands she wears, God's call is clear. 
we're not to be haughty. I don't get to have the opinion that I'm right and you're wrong. And I'm better than you because of that. Did you catch that last part? Never be wise in your own sight. Let's look at another verse. Philippians 2, it's verses 2, 3, and 4. Oh, this one's good too, y'all. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility, humility, back to that word, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Do nothing out of rivalry or conceit. Yikes, friends, anyone else ever buy a revenge dress after being dumped? I've done it. Guilty. And I'm telling you this so you can know how many mistakes I have made in this arena, friends. Like, I'll be honest, I even bought a revenge bikini. Uh, I hate to share that. But my boyfriend in grad school dumped me when he graduated from law school to go practice in another state. And he came back the next summer. And let me tell you, I had one goal. And that goal was to make him sorry that he had dumped me. And I am not proud of that fact now. I was immature, so immature. But I thought a lot about how I would look that day and how I would make him, I don't know, regret the day he ever broke up with me. And friends, that was not honoring God with my clothing choices. That was not loving him or loving others with my clothing choices. That was not humility. That was pride. Now, we're going to go to the place where some of you thought I was going to go from the very beginning. And then some of you were like, I really hope she doesn't go there. Please don't talk about this. So that is, what about bikinis? And some of you are watching me today and saying, isn't it always wrong to wear something the size of underwear in public? And others of you are saying, I live in a place in the world where wearing any clothing on the top to the beach is more modest than everyone around me right? Whew, this is a big ball of snakes, a Pandora's box. I really don't want to open it. But here's what I'm going to give you, okay? I'm going to tell you that you can trust the Holy Spirit to help you make decisions in this arena and that you can also come to a place of maturity at place where you can make good decisions in this arena when you are checking your heart and really looking hard. Our hearts are deceitful above all else, right? So you need the Holy Spirit to help you do this because you cannot do this without the Holy Spirit. But checking your heart to see what your motivation is behind what you wear, whether it's a bikini, whether it's a dress, whether it's a burlap sack, ask the Holy Spirit to help you uncover the motivation of your heart. Now, some of you are saying, well, what about causing my brother to stumble? That's not honoring others. That's not loving others. If I wear a bikini, I'm going to cause a man to stumble. You may. Okay. But the the other truth is you may also cause a man to stumble if you are wearing a muumuu. Okay. We cannot ultimately control how others think of us. We can't control whether a man's going to lust after us or not, right? So I, I can't control anything there, but I can operate under my own conviction of the Holy Spirit. And if I do feel like he's telling me, nope, don't wear that, <laughs> that's going to cause your brother to stumble, then I should not wear it, 
right? I can trust him to be faithful in that. And I, I think of, so there's another reason why I believe that this is a heart issue and God looks on our hearts when he really examines us on this issue. Um, Paul in 2 Corinthians tells us, that he doesn't judge his own heart. Why? Because he knows our hearts are deceitful and probably get it wrong. God is the only one, like I said, who we can trust to help us make good decisions in this area. So let's look at one more verse, Romans 12, 10. Ugh. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Okay, so let's go back to my revenge bathing suit, my revenge bikini. Was that loving? Was that showing him honor? No, it wasn't. Now, could I wear a turtleneck and a long skirt and still have it in my heart to catch an unavailable man's attention or to try to get all the attention to how beautiful I am, to have a heart that wants glory for me? Yeah, I can do that no matter what I wear, right? And, and this is where I feel like some of you may be mad at me. Some of you are going to want to like write me and tell me that you know, I should be just blanketly saying anyone who wears too tight clothing needs to stop. And then some of you who wear too tight clothing would be like, hey, I didn't even think this was a problem. I don't understand what you're saying here. So let me just back up to what I mentioned before. Humility. Humility for me is not thinking that I'm better than you in the way I dress. Humility for me is trusting this is hard, folks, but trusting that God is working on you in the same way that he's working on me, that he's doing a sanctifying work in your life, just like he's doing in my life. 20 years ago, I dressed differently than I do now. I'll be honest with you. Yes, my body has changed, but my decisions to dress differently is about a lot more than just my changing and aging body. Even thinking about going to church on Sunday. So just, you know, last week I had a hard time finding something. My husband was preaching. I knew he was going to use me in an illustration. So I figured someone might be looking at me and that caused me to change clothes a couple times. But by the third outfit, I had to look at myself in the mirror and say, Heather, are you going to church to worship God or are you going to church to see if people will worship you? Now, let me clarify. I don't really expect anyone to bow down to me. But isn't it truly worship that I crave when I want you to look at me and say, wow, she looks good. And my desire for that kind of response from others is not humility. That's pride. And to be honest, it may be more of a problem in our churches than women wearing things that are revealing of parts of their bodies that should not be shown off. Okay. So a few years ago, when my husband pastored a church, <laughs> we had a very beautiful woman on our worship team. Let me just tell you, she was model thin, but she often wore very tight pants, colorful tight pants when she led worship. And it used to drive me crazy. I'd sit in my seat unable to worship because I was stewing over how inappropriate what it was that she was wearing those pants in front of everyone. And I created a case in my head about how wrong it was and that she would cause men to lust and how immature she was for not picking a more appropriate outfit on the day she led worship. But you know what the truth is, friends? I wasn't offended by those tight pants. I probably would have worn those tight pants out to dinner or something if I could have pulled it off. It wasn't those pants that were offending me. It wasn't her choice of those pants that was offending me. The truth is, friends, I was envious of the fact that she looked good. And I wasn't concerned for the congregation. I was trying to convince myself that I was better than her. 
even though I didn't have as quote unquote good a body as she had. And it's not pretty to admit that my friends, but it's true. I didn't want her to wear those pants because I thought in some indirect way, it would make me look bad. And that's not what modesty or humility is all about at all. I think of another verse, Titus 3, 2, it goes to speak evil of no one, avoid quarreling, be gentle and show perfect courtesy toward all people. Let's talk about courtesy for a second. It's a courtesy for me to think about your feelings and thoughts, right? And so this goes back to deciding how to honor others, right? That's the H we're on. But let's let's think about this in a different way. If I were gonna throw a party with a bunch of people that were in AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, and were recovering from alcohol addiction, it would not be very courteous for me to show up <laughs> or throw a party with all kinds of alcoholic beverages. Like that would just, that would not be nice, right? That would be tempting people that I know were struggling. Likewise, my friends, I do think there are certain situations that you're gonna walk into where you're going to have to discern what is the courteous way for me to dress here. And this comes down to a principle that's all throughout the New Testament. But really, it's what does it look like to think of others' needs before we think of our own? What does it mean to put the love of others before our own desire to have or to do what I want to do? What does it mean for me to love you so much that I am willing to not wear the thing that would make me look really hot because it's more loving for me when I go out with you to not do that? And that's not easy, friends. And, you know, in our culture, right, everything around us is going to rise up. But that's ridiculous. You should do what you want to do. And, uh, that's that's not right that you would make that you would make a choice based on how someone else would feel. You have to consider your own feelings first. And friends, it's hard. And sometimes there's going to be this big internal fight. We're going to be kicking and screaming on the inside. But I want to wear this. This is what looks good on me. This will make me feel good. This will make me feel confident. This is what I want to wear. But it may be at that moment that you have to surrender and die to self and say, okay, Jesus, I'm going to lay down my will right here. Now, some of you are going to argue back with me, but we're free. We're free in Christ. We're not under the law. We're free to do what we want to do in Christ. But let's look at that verse for just a second. That's Galatians 5.13. And listen to it. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another. We are free so that we can love and serve one another. Now, Lise Fitzpatrick, she's been around a long time, a very wise woman, written a zillion books. She put it like this. Dress in a way that makes it easy for those around you to love the Lord and to love you. And I thought that was a really healthy way to think about it. This is not about following rules. This is not about rebelling against legalism. This is about loving others well. And that brings me to the fourth H. The fourth H is you need to be honest with yourself and your motivations. So if we're not going to be legalistic and say that modesty is about the set of rules and how much of your body is covered, that that's all modesty is, 
And if we're going to say that this is an issue for Christians to wrestle with in their hearts, then we also have to talk about what it takes to be honest with ourselves about what's going on with our hearts. And that's hard. And that's hard, especially if you deal with body image issues. And that's hard, especially if you've been programmed from childhood to look to other people for compliments and approval. That's hard if you've always looked for assurance from others to know you're doing the right thing or, or, or wearing the right thing, right? I'm just, I'm going to raise my hand as guilty here, friends. Like I've gotten dressed most of my life hoping that you'll say, you look nice today, or that's really cute, or I like your outfit. You know, I've gotten dressed most of my life hoping that I would get your approval. I was stuck there for decades. And I can tell you, I was super bothered by seeing others do what I did this in this area, like seeing women on Facebook, young women especially, trying to dress to get the attention of others. It hurt me so bad because that's what I did. In fact, a couple of years ago, I saw someone I was close to post a picture of herself on Facebook and it was all skin and a lot of her was showing. And I wrote a blog post. <laughs> it inspired me to write this blog post on modesty, right? But the most important thing is what is going on in your heart. And sometimes you can see what's going on in someone's heart and sometimes you can't, right? So how do you get honest with yourself about your heart's motivations? I think you can ask yourself, is this outfit okay? But yikes, that can be a downright frightening question. But, but here, here's my encouragement to you today. God is faithful to guide us. He will speak to us through his Holy Spirit that lives in us when we ask. The problem is not that he's silent on these issues. The problem is we don't ask. So when's the last time you asked God what he wanted you to wear or how he wants you to dress? My guess is maybe never, okay? Because just being honest here, most of us are too afraid to ask God because we're afraid he's going to tell us that we have to wear moo's and head coverings. And well, it's easier not to talk to God about my clothes than it is to have to wear a tent. Okay. But I really think that that assumption is unfair to God. We have a good father who loves us and he wants what's best for us. I don't know that he desires to have an opinion on our outfits every single day. But if what you wear or you, if you're dressing to accentuate your body and that has become an obsession for you, then I really think God can help. The bottom line is we have to check our hearts and checking our hearts rests in remembering that our identity needs to come from Christ alone. If our identity is found in what we wear, then our clothes become way too important to the cause of finding an identity or really supporting an identity that's rooted in appearance. We cannot root our, our identity in our appearance. We cannot root our identity in what we look like. But if your identity is found in Christ, then you don't have anything to prove. You're already accepted. You're already loved. You're already worthy. And you don't have to look hotter in your clothes to find unconditional love. Friend, you already have it. So if modesty has been an area of confusion, I really hope the last several minutes have been an encouragement to you. Maybe they've opened your eyes to extend some extra grace to younger women who are still trying to figure this all out. But either way, I hope something in today's episode has helped you 
understand modesty a little bit better through the lens of scripture. I also hope something in today's episode has helped you stop comparing and start living. That's all for today. Bye-bye. Hey, friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the Start Here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. Jesus wants our fears to launch us toward faith. Then he grins and says, do you trust me? Because together we can do this. With Mornings with Jesus, you can start your day in a positive way. Find hope through inspirational stories and scripture. Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Mornings with Jesus. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com.